When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Good to see you, man. Hey, man. Hey, 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 hey. Hey. Kind of weird, right? <laughs> it's pretty weird, but you know. How's yeah. it going? Yeah, life goes on, you know. Yeah. Buddhists. Mm. Nice. <laughs> P to the O D. Cast on the daily about succession. One episode per day. C. P to the O D. Cast on the daily about succession. Podcasting like a pro. Make some noise. Succession is almost over, but we're just getting started talking about every single Succession episode here on Post Show Recaps on the daily Succession podcast here on Post Show Recaps, where we are watching and talking about every single episode of Succession on the road to the final season premiere on March 26th. We are going episode by episode and day by day. Yes, we are back on day by day. You can get commercial free versions of this podcast when you sign up at patreon.com slash show recaps at any level that's patreon.com slash post show recaps at any level for ad free versions of the succession podcast i'm josh wiggler and today we are talking about succession season three episode three the disruption and here to join me in a game of good tweet bad tweet it's jess sterling jess just like really happy in my headspace right yeah, now. How's your headspace right now? Headspace is really good. How's that shaved fennel salad treating you? <laughs> I don't know. About, to be honest, you, I really don't. I, I don't, don't know about me a fennel, as a fennel person. You don't strike don't me as you're digging the fennel. I don't know fennel. Let me you've look at what fennel. it looks like. I'm sure you've had fennel. Oh, I, I don't like that fennel. stuff. I don't yeah. like oh, it. Oh, I don't like that. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that stuff, she says. No fennel for Jess Sterling. No podcast for Grace Leader today. She was unable to join us, but she did leave this scathing letter behind for all of you that she signed personally no she loves everybody we love grace she will be back on the podcast coming up tomorrow 304 lying in the meadow a very good episode of succession but we have a very good episode of succession to talk about today jess once again um brutal because it's succession once again hilarious because it's succession a very successiony episode of succession which is a statement that means absolutely nothing yeah, um, but it, it's a perfect way to describe it. Um, this episode is one of those ones. Uh, Grace says it best when she talks about kind of like the pit in the stomach that her, the show gives her. Yeah. This is one of those episodes. Um, and I just need to shout out, like, I, I think watching all of these episodes, like back to back to back to back, day after day after day, has really given me an appreciation even more so than I already had for Jeremy Strong. And just how I can, like, the the layers to Kendall Roy and like how I can go from hating him to sympathizing with him within a span of like 10 minutes is truly remarkable. 
Um, and it's just so good. This episode is so good. And the ending is so good. Yeah, it's really insane. Uh, this is, I think, once again, we are having another episode where sort of structurally season three is doing a lot of mirroring of season one, I think. Uh, I feel like there are a lot of ways in which this episode reminds me of lifeboats. I think that uh, mm -hmm. they were sailing towards an iceberg, Jess, and Ooh. I think they may have hit it here with the F when the FBI comes knocking at your door, when these are the goons that you cannot turn away, uh, where if you say you can't come in, they will kick the door open. When you have Jerry Kelman basically yelling at you, Logan Roy, <laughs> this is a bad yeah. look for Logan Roy, and it's a Josh, bad look for Josh, in case you didn't know, star. the government isn't an effing Pez dispenser. You don't uh -huh. push a button and something pops out the other is end. That, I don't remember. Is that how a Pez dispenser worked? That um, you no, you button? pull back the head, and then a little piece <laughs> of candy pops out. Uh-huh, yeah. I, it, I'm not surprised that anybody in the inner sanctum of Waystar Royco, they would not deign to come from their Zeus clouds to operate a Pez dispenser. So no. if, uh, if uh, Jerry doesn't quite understand the mechanics of such a thing, that makes some sense to me. When we, uh, well, we got a lot to dig into. Why don't we dig into the quick plot recap first? Let's set the stage and then break it down character by character, Jess. Season three, episode three, The Disruption, is named after a late night comedy show that is poking fun at Kendall's fake wokeness. We see a new-ish side to Kendall this episode. His egomania has turned into a need to be relevant and a Roman-like need to be punished for both his part in the Cruz scandal cover-up and also Andrew Dodd's death. Between playing good tweet, bad tweet in his stretch limo and agreeing to go on said late night comedy show to be roasted, Kendall is really leaning, leaning into appearing bulletproof to both the public and his inner circle. He decides to make an appearance in the Waystar office despite his lawyer's insistence not to, and Blair's rape me by Nirvana at Shiv's big town hall as president of whatever the hell. Shiv, who is by Kendall's estimation next in line for CEO, retaliates by following her dad's orders to release a greeting card from hell aimed at Kendall that airs all his dirty laundry. Shiv tries to convince Roman and Connor to sign it, but they think the letter goes too far. Rather than signing that, Roman pleases his father by doing an interview in which he tells a childhood story about him and Logan fly fishing in Montana, except it turns out the fishing trip actually happened with Connor, not Logan. So Roman doesn't even have one favorite childhood memory with Logan to share in an interview. Logan calls Roman both a smart little cookie and a word I will not say on the podcast. Overall, he seems pleased with his son's moves and his willingness to stay late and work with Jerry. Poor Jerry, meanwhile, is doing her best in her new CEO role, but Logan won't let her actually do much. He prefers her to just be a marionette to his puppeteer and proves he still retains all the power when he tells the government to F off when they attempt to subpoena documents needed in the cruise scandal. His attempts to subvert authorities by going directly to Michelle Ann, who worked for the president, only makes things worse as the FBI arrives with a search warrant and the entire room convinces him to comply. Another person bending Logan's ear this episode is Tom, who's seeking independent counsel to discuss his options. He's made his bed with Logan and further cements that by earning goodwill by offering to go to jail for Logan should the need arise. And lastly, we have Greg, who blew off an invite to the meeting with Tom's independent counsel to buy a $40,000 watch that doesn't work. So there's that. And that is Succession Season 3, Episode 3 this watch little man uh yeah greg with the purchase of a lifetime here 
Uh, how much of his money that he has earned since working at Waystar do you think he just blew on a watch? Oh, a lot of it. A, a lot, lot of, of it. it. Yeah. 40, 40K. How long has, has Greg been at Waystar? I wonder if he has made, you know, it's hard to know just how much money Greg is making. Well, here he's in currently chief of staff for Tom, who is head of ATN. So he's making a pretty penny for sure. No doubt. However, like we talked about this last episode about how short of a timeline this has been yes. since season one. It's a crunchy he can't timeline. He have had this job for more than like a month. Yeah, maybe a, a couple. Yeah, but he's been at Waystar for probably a few months at this point. But the timeline is a little sticky. So I still feel like he probably couldn't afford this. And he yes. just kind of got peer pressured into putting $40,000 on a watch. That doesn't work. But it does seem at least like he has caught Comfrey's attention. They're both praising each other's wrists. Uh, so, so ridiculous. That, that could be the start of something. This could be the mm -hmm. beginning of a very beautiful relationship. Who knows? Um, there is a, a, a bunch happening in Kendall's story and Logan's side of the battlefield as well. Wins and losses for both of them. More losses than wins, I would say. For Logan, I think that the work that he has put into turning Siobhan into the new Kendall Roy uh, has started to pay off. She was willing to, to give the speech, the town hall. She creates this incredibly scathing takedown of Kendall that even her brothers won't sign on to because it is so uh, brutal. Uh, all of that is positive for Logan. Uh, there's then also an FBI raid. So it is a pretty bleak episode yeah. for Logan as well. I do think uh, if Grace were here, I think you get you get your company raided by the FBI, you get a zero. <laughs> probably <laughs> the way that that works. Yep. Uh, and for Kendall, there is a, a portion of this episode where at least Kendall Roy projects this air of I'm Teflon. I'm untouchable. Good tweet, bad tweet. Read me the bad tweets. Even when you call me out for being uh, uh, an addict, uh, mentally unwell, all of this stuff. All I will say in response to that is boo. But when the pedal gets pushed all the way down to the metal by Siobhan, Kendall breaks and he can't get on TV and talk about that stuff. And he ghosts the show and in ghosting the disruptor uh, and ghosting uh, her name is Sophie on the show. That is of course, Z way uh, playing the character. Uh, we, we are in bad, bad territory for Kendall. So wins, they're few and far between at least compared to the gargantuan losses from Logan and Kendall this week. Yeah, it's a bad look for like our two head guys, right? Neither one of them are doing particularly well. Um, and it's it's tough to see such losses on both sides here because uh, we, we're thinking like, oh, it's going to be every episode, right? You're going to have one wins and one loses. Not really this episode. Everyone is taking hits. Everyone is taking casualties on both sides. Um, and it is it is fascinating to me to watch Kendall himself this episode. I think, like I said before, Jeremy Strong with an amazing performance um, as Kendall Roy. In It's so fascinating to watch someone. Um, we've all been there, right, where there's like a joke poking fun at you and you're like, ha ha, I can take it, but it really hurts. It actually really hurts. Um, that's what he's doing all episode long and he reaches a limit. And I think that limit is your siblings know exactly where to hit you where it hurts. They know what's going to upset you the most because they know you the best. And so having Shiv call him out for things that are like absolutely brutal. Um, he's called, right, like he, he's called like a liar. He's an absentee um, dad. Absentee father is probably one of the worst ones for him to have to hear. 
Um, it, they're they're all a drug addict right here. He knows that one. But it, it's like it's all really, really awful for him. And to have to read that moments before he is supposed to go on the show and knowing, well, it's going to get brought up on said show. And how can I possibly handle this? It's really, really brutal for for Kendall on a personal and a professional level. Yeah, but he's happy in his headspace. He's happy in his <laughs> headspace, so that's fine. It was uh, really especially fun to watch Kendall Roy getting profiled, uh, given uh, I think this is the first time I'm watching this episode after the infamous Jeremy Strong profile and a couple mm-hmm. of other profiles that he has, uh, a couple other interviews he's granted in that format. Um yeah, it just made me think about what that must have been like. But here he is, Kendall Roy picking out a fennel salad. The second that his siblings are brought up, though, he's like wolfing down the fennel salad. That's what I would write if I was profiling uh, Kendall Roy in that moment. Uh, but yeah, he th- he claims to be doing pretty well. And then I think the episode bears out. He's not doing well at all. Uh, this is going really poorly for him. He is disobeying once again Lisa Arthur. He goes into the office. He's being told not to do that. He's also being so picky with little things like the temperature. If it's not 68, it's 65 or 63. They've hacked my AC. They but hacked do you not my believe AC. Him? <laughs> do you not believe him? Um, I don't know that I believe him. No, oh, I fully believe really? him. You think yes. that they hacked his AC, that they would I... know that this is something to do? Okay, first of all, I think that, yes, I think that Kendall feels like a person who is like, I want it 68 degrees in here, no more, no less. That's what I require for my office. And I think they, I think that basically the the subordinates probably know that, right? Like some of the, some of the administrative assistants, some of like the janitorial staff probably know this. And I'm assuming that Logan gave them the order, like mess with Kendall any way we can. Hence Colin walking in and saying, I know you. Colin walking in, uh, you know, when when watching Succession in such rapid succession here, I do feel like this hit harder than it, it did. did the first time around because I'm not so far removed from watching Colin in season two, helping Kendall unpack what happened to Andrew, the the poor waiter who who died in, in the UK. Uh, he was all over that. He told Kendall everything. This guy is a Logan Roy loyalist through and yes. through and walking up to Kendall Roy, basically saying, like, I know everything yep. beyond beyond. I know what you did. I know who you are. Yes. Is, uh, wow. Uh, that is also, like X-ray vision stuff. Worth noting, Colin, I believe, at least in season one, is also who we zoom in on when Marsha tells Shiv, like, I know you've been poking around in my business. I have my sources. I believe it is hint- heavily hinted that it is Colin who reveals that to Marsha. So as you said, a heavy Logan loyalist. Um, and I, yeah, it definitely hits harder now than it, than it did when we were a few years removed from the original season. Um, but yeah, I fully believe they would mess with his thermostat just to throw him off. Definitely. So, so a big thing that we had wondered, I remember in the real time of podcasting about this episode uh, there are there are a couple of things, and we talked about this yesterday uh, on the episode two recap of season three, that Jesse Armstrong, he's a fairly cards-up player, right? Uh, mm-hmm. That this is cards-on-the-table stuff. There's not a lot of tricksy things. Maybe finales are a little bit different, but by and large, what you see is what you get on succession. Uh, so that is something to consider. But I think that the, the scene in which Siobhan has the town hall and Nirvana's mm-hmm. Rape Me plays 
it gets credited to Kendall. Uh, it gets credited to Kendall that we never see him place the speakers. We see the boxes in his office. I think mm -hmm. that at the time, at least, there were a lot of conspiracy theories of was this planted? Did Kendall not actually do this? Was this secretly a Logan Roy tactic? Did you have a strong feeling about this on the rewatch at all or not? Oh, really? yeah. To me, it's very obvious that Kendall did it. Yeah. Um, I think the, the biggest thing to point out uh, besides the boxes in his office are that he says he uh, he has his assistant, Remy. I don't know if he's a bodyguard or he works for Kendall. Um, and he says, I'm going to airdrop you a shopping list. Yeah. And to me, this is him sending Remy out to buy the speakers. Yes. Um, yes. It feels very obvious to me that this is this is Kendall's doing. Yes. This is text, I think. Uh, Remy, by the way, maybe my favorite side character of the episode he stands up and like puts his hand up to see if like he can tell if it's cold enough in the yes. room I yeah. thought that was hilarious I love Jess like putting palms up in the room like an unable to tell because let's be fair I mean like to be fair to Kendall I guess if I'm gonna be um I normally keep our thermostat at 68 degrees if it was 65 if it was 62 in my house I feel like I'd be a little chilly and I would notice yeah I like it cold I'm like uh, the mind flare. I like it cold. Uh, what do you? What's your thermostat temp? I don't want to talk about it. Oh no, it's low. We go low. We go low. Uh, <laughs> Emily doesn't like it. Emily doesn't like how cold I like it, but I mm -hmm. like it cold. I like it cold in here. Okay. He clearly has mental health issues and right. crazy guilt coupled with addiction. That's all this is, and it's sad. I think we're already doing some of this character by character uh, at this moment in time. I feel like we can do some ratings here, yeah. Jess. And I think that we've talked Kendall through fairly efficiently already. I think Kendall Roy, I'm hard pressed to give him any further than a one, but I will give him the single point out of empathy for the brutal butchering that happens to him at the end of the episode and that poor look on this poor man's face. I mean, he's incredibly wealthy. He is not exactly <laughs> poor by most stretches of the definition, mm -hmm. uh, but to see him there at the end in uh, like in the digital archives, uh, like at the hub of the disruption is, uh, is really, really upsetting. Um, in the same breath that I say that, I think just to quickly pivot to Logan to talk about him, in addition to I want to get your takes on Kendall from a scoring standpoint, but I think we're both probably agree that Logan gets a zero. And I wanted there to be a meaningful distinction between who won and who lost this week. Kendall gets emotionally eviscerated, Jess, but Logan gets raided by the FBI. Yes, uh, this is this is true. I, I definitely gave Logan a zero. I mean... He, he has a bad episode, even though he gets some of his kids to do his dirty work for him. He has Roman do that like, oh, I love my daddy uh, interview. And he has Shiv draft this really, really horrible uh, note about Kendall. Um, he ultimately, I think we can place blame on him ultimately for this FBI raid. He was warned. He has not cooperated with the feds at all thus far. He pulls Michelle and she wasn't even expecting to see him after she has an interview on ATN. Uh, and he has a conversation with her where he is like basically threatening the president. Yeah. He says, you know, you need to get, the heat get off a me. whole lot effing worse. Yes. And she's like, lower the temperature on the president. He hasn't been happy with the coverage. Okay. I'll but bring it down to 63. 
Yeah, except like, but he is the reason the FBI had their search warrant, at least from what we understand. Uh, they got spooked by him talking to Michelle Ann, and I think he only has himself to blame. And it's it's not super rare this happens, but it is a little rare that we see like Logan completely responsible for this. Sometimes he has his kids to blame. Uh, yeah, definitely I gave Logan a zero. Um, in terms of Kendall, I ultimately, I gave him a zero too. I think it's possible to have two losers. I do. And I think part of me, like, I really, I'm with you in that I wanted to give him a sympathy point. Again, very important for me to distinguish that, like, if I'm rating Jeremy Strong's performance, a million points. But Kendall... The minute that he turns around and says, F the patriarchy, I, I just can't. I just can't give him a one. Like, he it's so, he has. Should I give he, him something? Should I throw something at him? F the patriarchy. It's, it's terrible. Like, he, yes, he has fake wokeness, right? Like, he's called a jar of mayo in a Prada suit. Like, Caucasian rich brain. All right. of these things are true about him. And despite the fact that what Shiv did to him is so, so brutal and like below the belt and awful, um, he, the way he's acting is really hard for me to give any points to, even if he's doing it out of like to protect himself, right? He's putting up this barrier of I can laugh at myself, right? I, yeah, I'm a big joke. Let's all laugh. At least I'm relevant. Um, part of me, Josh, and I want to know your conversation. He's in the conversation. Yeah. Part of me wants to know, Josh, do do you read it the same way that I do where he's almost inviting this punishment out of guilt, out of guilt for like the fact that first of all, obviously Andrew Dodds is like a big source of guilt for him, but also he's working on an immunity deal so that he doesn't take any of the blame for any of the cruise scandal cover up. Right. Maybe subconsciously, I go back to the season two finale where he says, maybe it's good to pay the boy. Uh, you know, he he feels like he he owes the universe some measure of karma. And this kind of thinking is still very much on his mind when he has that moment with Tom. And he talks about like, oh, Tom with the Buddhist attitude, life goes on and yes. all of that. Uh, another life is possible, brother, he says to Tom. Uh, so the spirituality of Kendall Roy uh, is, I would say, alive and maybe not well. Uh, but I also think that there is this piece of Kendall that is humming underneath the facade, the outward projection of here's a cool dude who orders a fennel salad at lunch. Uh, mm-hmm. And instead, I think the real Kendall is very clearly the Kendall you see at the end of the episode. Although I think that the Kendall you see at the very end of the episode may be arcing back towards the, wow, look at all the tweets and look at all the people who are still supporting me and all of this stuff. Right. And I think probably also, whoa, look, the FBI is rating my dad. I am still the righteous cause. Uh, so I yeah. think Kendall can't quite access the real one who is underneath. He thinks that in doing all of this, he's finally going to feel something. But I think he continues to... It's not even fair to say that he doesn't feel anything, Jess, I don't think. I think he just feels a lot of shame. He can't quite name it, but I think he's feeling a lot of guilt and shame. I do think that that's right. I do think that's correct. Uh, So Logan gets a zero from me, and I think that anything else I have to say about Logan, I can say in the context of 
the other characters. I think that the uh, the next biggest player on the board that we should talk about is Shiv, I think, because we're talking about the horrible thing that Shiv does to Kendall. Uh, but other than just acknowledging that it happened, we haven't really talked so much about just how horrible what Kendall does to Shiv oh, is. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, atrociously bad. Atrociously bad. Uh, Rape Me, a great song by Nirvana. <laughs> Horribly inappropriately used. Especially Horribly considering the cruise scandal and, like, everything yeah. going on, it's really bad. And, like, you know, he he's all about building those viral moments. He he is a, he is a man of the people, a self-styled folk hero. Uh, yeah. And the, you know, the internet is the new frontier, the intranet, as Hugo calls it. Uh, yes. That It's the new digital Wild West. And so he wants to be Billy the Kid out here shooting down the lawman. Uh, and I think he, he brings this to Waystar at a pivotal moment for Shiv, who is making her first big public gesture as president of Waystar Royco and he sees her in this moment as just an opponent on the battlefield who needs to be blasted to smithereens. He doesn't view her as his sister. He does not look at this as anything other than a horrible, uh, you know, he doesn't look at this as the horrible thing that he is doing to a sibling. He looks at this as the effective butchering of an enemy. Uh, and it is, uh, it is effective in getting under Shiv's skin for sure. She marches upstairs and spits in his book. She's like mm -hmm. a regular Nate Shelley over here, becoming her next version of herself. I wish that she embiggened herself. <sighs> I think would have been <laughs> would have been a better a better moment in mm -hmm. that scene. Um, but it's a it's a tough one for me with Shiv because what she does at the end is really horrible. But I really feel for her a lot in this episode too. This is tough. This is a really bad one for Shiv. Yeah, um, I think that, you know, if we want to give Shiv any sort of grace here, she does try to do some sort of fence mending with Kendall at this journalism dinner that she attends, right? She's offering, she says, listen, not only will I do this journalism dinner, I'll also do this town hall, town hall meeting for Waystar. And she goes, of course, she runs into stupid Nate, who I didn't need to see again, but whatever. Uh -huh. And she says, listen, like, Kendall, we have the same goal. We, we want to rebuild. Let's fix things from the inside. And Kendall pretty much like retorts with a like an F you like, oh, they made you get all dressed up for this now. It, oh, it's you now. I feel so sorry for you. And it's really bad what he does to her. It's so embarrassing. All of Waystar is watching. She has a whole speech prepared and with less questiony questions. <laughs> um, and she gets interrupted by the song. And I, I, again, we do, we talk a lot about Jeremy Strong's performance, but Sarah Snook here is uh, really amazing. Um, I find, I find it really uh, awesome when a, an actor can get to that point where they're on the brink of tears. Like you can tell Vibrating. they're on the brink of tears. Vibrations. But, yeah. And, and it, she does a really good job of not just playing someone who is upset, but also very, very angry. Yeah. And uh, so really, really amazing performance when she does nice big old spit right in his notebook. You can feel the heat emanating from her yeah. body in that moment it's wild yeah but i also think like gosh this 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 letter it it's a bridge too far it is hitting so far below the belt and i think knowing it, what a delicate place kendall is in knowing his history it's really tough to want to give her a ton of points when she fires back with that not that i blame her for wanting to get back at kendall but she's also playing right into her dad's hand and right. doing it the way she does it. And I think it's a it should be a sign to her when the other siblings don't want to sign on board this. Um, so I gave her one and it is purely a pity point. 
yep. because of what happened to her. Um, because I think everything else she does isn't super justified. Yeah, I so it's a graded scale, but my points uh, I gave her two points are exactly yeah. in lockstep with with you. I just gave Kendall that one point, so she's a she's a notch higher. Uh, but yeah, uh, tough, really tough. Uh, and I thought that she was she was like supremely composed, like the she was about to like give like you know a, again like this horrible villain super villain yeah. stuff, but like a really good like you know passable super villain speech she was about to do, and it was just uh yeah it was really really rough to watch. It was really rough to rewatch. I had these moments where when she and Kendall have that conversation at the start of the gala, how much of this is what Kendall is suspecting that this is just subterfuge. She has talked already openly at Waystar about I'd rather be on Kendall patrol. She things mm-hmm. that she can untangle him um how much of that is like bravado and bluster in front of people that she needs to prove something to uh and then like the reality is what she is saying to kendall that she really means that it's hard it's hard to it's hard to know uh that's one of the the beauties of the show right. is uh you know the truth lies somewhere in between uh but i ultimately gave siobhan two points i think i end up being kinder to roman uh i think i end up with three points for roman roy in this episode a lot of that coming from uh the fact that he would not sign off on that missive i think is a very big deal and then a boatload of empathy points for roman roy when he has to go through this interview about his dad, we need some good press out there from one of the kids. We need one of the kids to be coming out here and uh, hyping up Logan. And Roman can't even come up with a single thing to say that's authentically true and nice about his father. Yeah. When this journalist, uh, you know, this quote unquote journalist is, you know, setting him up with some of the questions he can expect to have to, to answer Roman can't stomach it. He can't talk about it. And these are like fairly basic softball. Yeah, something questions. special you and your dad do together is like a very easy question for mo- for most people without a really terribly abusive father. When was a time that your dad came to your aid? What's your most cherished father and son uh, memory? He can't answer these things. He just continues to sink further and further into the black hole that is the pit of his own stomach, uh, the, the, the crevasse of the couch. <laughs> and he has to get up and leave. And he ultimately tells this fly fishing story that's totally a lie uh it's it was connor that this happened with he went fly fishing with connor he never went fly fishing with dad uh and his father when he reads the story not only he's he's like well i don't remember doing any of that well at least that's one thing that's right but then the shit that he says to roman you don't need to know what the backstory is. It, the evidence is on screen. He's he's calling him the F word. He is doing all sorts of horrible, horrible stuff. Oh, I love my daddy. This is all so mean. And I think like, you know, there's there's a lot baked into it of what does he think about Roman really? Uh, what has he done with Roman in the past versus how much does he think like, oh, this is the language that Roman's going to speak. So let me speak his language. It's all just horribly, horribly wrong. And it made me feel ruthlessly bad for Roman. I think I felt worse for him than I felt for any other character in this episode, which is tough because a lot of people get treated very poorly. Yeah. Um, I gave Roman a four. And it's not even just some of it is pity points, of course, but like I actually think he has a really great episode. Um, of course, he gets the crap job of having to do this quote unquote business interview, right? With these like questions about his father at the end. It's really, really sad that he doesn't have any sort of memory, a good memory with his father. 
But I also really liked his defense of why he wouldn't sign the really nasty letter about Kendall. And he says, I don't want to. It makes me feel unwell. He taught me how to aim my pee-pee in the toilet. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I know that last part is a joke, but like, this is his brother. And I think that's something that has stuck with me through this rewatch. Again, I know I've, I've been talking about this a lot, but like I've been focusing a lot of attention on Roman in this rewatch just because I felt like he was a little bit quieter earlier in the seasons, you know, um, that th this reminds me of season two when he finds out it's going to be Kendall. That's the blood sacrifice. And he's really upset. And he 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 can't even be happy that he is the sole COO at this point. Right. Um. And this reminds me of that, that like Roman, I feel like has the most loyalty to each individual family member more than anyone else. And I have to respect that, that he values like this is still a human person that you're talking about. Um, and on top of that, I think it's a good business decision not to sign it. Right. His father even points that out like, oh, you're a smart little effing cookie, aren't you? Not signing that. You know, you're probably right. It's probably not a great idea. And the fact that his his father like does agree with that decision and notices that Roman is staying late to work with Jerry, all of these things are really good for Roman. Um, so I just didn't see any reason to dock him any points this episode. Obviously, the FBI is rating. Yeah, but, like, I think I, I couldn't give anyone a four fine. in this episode. The FBI is here. That's bad. That's I think fair. no one gets a perfect score. <laughs> That's fair. Um, I, I gave him four. Like, even if, I was going to give him a three anyway for all the business stuff. And then a one is like a, a pure pity point for like having to put up with abuse from his father, even when he is doing the right thing and the thing that his father asked him to do. Yeah. It is so supremely frustrating. Does nothing satisfy you, Logan? You know? Yeah, I think that this is a great episode in not justifying Roman's behavior, but maybe explaining a lot of it, uh, why Roman Roy acts the way he does. I think this episode might be uh, a sour key that unlocks that door. We're just going to keep talking about sour keys, and you'll have to guess why. Um, <laughs> he, Roman also has, I think, one of my very favorite underrated lines of the episode. It's when Kendall is coming in. He's going to be coming into the office, and everyone is scrambling and frantically trying to, and trying to figure out what to do. And uh, Roman's suggestion is, can we discourage him with a taser shot to his peni? Um, that, or scrummage suckling. <laughs> or yes, that that destroyed me. That destroyed me. I thought that it's was so funny. Very funny. Roman, I think the other thing I've noticed is Roman has some of the best one-liners of any mm -hmm. character on the yeah. show. Uh, yeah, Roman has a great episode. As as hard as it is to watch, uh, it's a really impressive episode for Roman. FBI, hands up. Hey, how's it going? To be honest, not great, Greg. It's looking pretty bad with the investigation, and um, Logan says we have to take these. Cyanide pills, the whole team. It's a mint, you doofus. Take one. Your breath really does stink. Let's talk about Tom. Tom, he's making moves here. Here he is. He's just the trout to clonk on the head. Put me in the bag. That's it. I won't wriggle around. Yeah, Mr. Wamsgans, look at you making moves. Making moves. Uh, yeah, he and I, I, I do appreciate that. Like, so he's meeting with outside counsel, right, to get a little bit of a an understanding on what his exact situation is with him being a, a, a department head when the cruise stuff happened and knowing about it. What exactly does it look like for him in the future? And he finds out that, like, you know what, there's potential jail time. And I will say. I really loved, despite the fact that he gave Greg a really crappy office um, because he's working with Kendall, I really like that Tom is like, hey, listen, 
why don't you come talk to this guy with me? Like, mm-hmm. I just felt like that was a really sweet. I don't know if I'm reading this incorrectly. It feels like a really sweet thing to do to like offer that to Greg. Um, because he doesn't have to do that. Stuffing him into a closet though. (laughs) Yeah. But like, I can imagine if he doesn't do that, like Logan's going to be on him. Right. Or at least look down on him. So I feel like his hands are kind of tied there. Um, but I also think, I don't know, uh, Josh, what do you think about this? Like him saying to Shiv, like, Hey, I should offer to go to jail for Logan. And at first Shiv is like, no, Tom, no. And then she's like, but actually, yeah, it's, it's pretty genius. Yeah, she seems to think it's actually kind of smart because this will buy him capital with with Logan and in turn might buy Shiv some capital with Logan as well if the, you know, if she and and Tom can sort of cozy themselves up as the irreplaceably loyal members of the family, this can only be good for their stock. And if Tom goes to jail, say la vie to some extent, right? I think that that's kind of the, at least Tom feels that from her. Uh, we saw yes. that in the season two finale. And we don't know that things are totally repaired with them. Their uh, their love and their marriage may still be much like Siobhan's pantyhose, mostly oh. intact, but have gone through a dog's digestive system. Uh, so retrievable, <laughs> but covered in shit. <laughs> so... <laughs> It's a tough spot to be in, poor Mondale. Uh, oh, poor Mondale. Mondale's upset. Mondale's not well. Mondale's unsettled. Uh, yeah, he's upset. He's, he's not really doing just well. just talking about himself, you know. Like Mondale, a.k.a. Tom, is upset. So when Tom comes with the, you know, the revelation that it's hard to imagine that this John Doe can't get out of this situation uh, without going to jail, uh, and Tom is really now thinking about that hard, it's hard to like envision this as an episode that was really favorable for Tom. And yet I think that Tom has made some favorable decisions uh, in the relative scale. He clearly earns some, some uh, points with Logan when he comes to Logan and he says what he does. He is towing the company line. He's playing good defense. When Kendall shows up, he throws it mm-hmm. right back at Kendall. Of, Do you have a, an immunity deal with the DOJ? Uh, so he is meeting Kendall's energy exactly in that moment in a way that Kendall still views him as a friendly. Uh, so I think that this was a really strong episode for Tom. I gave him three points. I gave Tom three points. Can't give him a full four. Uh, and I probably wouldn't have given him a full four, even with the FBI raid, if that hadn't happened, because he seems like he's going to go to prison. And that's not great either, Jess. Yeah, I also gave him a three. Uh, I docked him a full point, well, half because of the FBI raid and half because he had to pull pantyhose out of a dog's butt. And like, truly, that sounds horrible. But who hasn't been there? You know, who hasn't? Who hasn't I mean, been there? a lot of my dog has eaten a lot of things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not pantyhose. Not pantyhose. But no, I, I agree with you. I think this even in spite of the fact that he may end up going to jail, I think he's playing the best hand that he has at this moment. Um, Logan seems like he can't even believe what Tom is saying, right? He's like, wait, what? That's it? Uh, and he goes like, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that's a good, you know what? Even if he, I think this is right. This is a good move by Tom. Um, so yeah, I also gave him a three. 
Uh, Greg, I gave a two. I gave Greg two points. I don't think that it's a per- particularly good episode for cousin Gregory the Eggery, who has now sunk $40,000 into a watch that doesn't work. And he's also not being terribly well appreciated by Kendall, uh, who is the person who he has put most of his chips on. Uh, he still has options via Tom, clearly, but he also got banished to a shit office. Um, in fact, I think I'm, I'm almost talking myself into giving him a one but i would put him at the same level as kendall and i don't think that's right so two is like as low as i'm allowed to go given my rubric for this episode two points for cousin greg i gave him one point he gave up the I meeting guess Tom with Tom just and- won the week again <laughs> at three weeks in a row that I mean, Tom has let's, won the battle. let's review what greg did he gave up the possibility of outside counsel to go maybe get a watch as as uh tom says you sold your a for a watch um and he like he has to end up spending 40k on a watch that doesn't work that's a losing week that's a terrible terrible week uh i will say he does tell tom about kendall coming in so he is playing a bit of both sides right like we you know so there is that but it's still a really bad week for Greg, and I gave him a Yeah, one. he's doing double agent stuff without announcing that he's a double agent. So he's really defying Roman Roy's protocols as far as uh, you're supposed to tell people you're the mole if you're the mole is sort of Roman's tactic. Greg is not quite doing that. Um, looking elsewhere, just closing out the ratings. Connor, I gave a three. I think Connor had a good episode. Connor holds the company line. He has a ridiculous line about he wants some sucky suck on his DD. Uh, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. I also. Not, he doesn't give his signature away for free. He talks about this is going to be out there forever, Shiv. Uh, PGN still has the photo of me with my ponytail that they put up every time they want to show I'm untrustworthy. Uh, very uh, that, funny that Connor content. Tiny detail, that teeny tiny detail of the ponytail killed me. Very it's funny. so specific and you can picture it. And it's it's so it's something that would upset Connor to the degree that he is upset. <laughs> yeah. Um and I, I also really like uh, a Times New Roman firing squad, a greeting card from hell. Uh I gave Connor a three. Yeah. I mean, I don't usually go this high on Connor, but like I respect it. I respect the move not to sign this. Um, even if it is because he doesn't give out his signature for free. Um, but I really, I do ultimately think like he has a heart and he doesn't want to hurt his brother's feelings in this way. Even uh, after and, what yeah. his brother said to him, you know, he still doesn't want to savage yeah. his brother. Uh, that shows some measure of maturity in Connor Roy. Uh, yeah. small, uh, small sliver, but some exists. Uh, final two on the board. Let's do Jerry. I was a little harsh on Jerry again. I gave her two points. Uh, you know, she's part. Uh, she's the pre- she's the CEO of the company that just got raided. She's also not really being listened to because Logan is still doing the stuff. Uh, it would have been an even worse week for Jerry, I think, if she weren't so vocal towards Logan in that final scene of like, you can't do this. Sorry, man. Uh, like I do appreciate the way that Jerry sometimes seems like the only person who can really stuff it in Logan's face in this show and get away with it. Yeah. I, uh, okay. Don't, don't like race here. We did this. I also gave Jerry a two. Oh. I know, but I think she deserves it. Well, like you said. combined it's four. So. There you go. We combine our powers. It's a four, <laughs> but you're right. Like she tries to make this move at the beginning of the episode, like telling Carl to go ahead with the Israeli outfit 
He immediately like turns around and looks at Logan and Jerry's like, hey, I'm telling you what to do. And then we immediately fire over to Logan where he's like, I don't want what she's doing too much over there. She's doing way too much. Uh, and he he tells Carl, don't do what she told you to do. Right. She's immediately undermined. It's a bad look. And on top of that, we we talked about this last week. You were a little bit uh, harsher on Jerry when we find out that Logan wants Shiv to spy on her. This week we get it again where he says, I don't trust Jerry. That's not great. Um, I do. I did want to credit her a little bit, like you said, because she is the one who does talk Logan into finally being like, if you don't let the FBI in, they're going to barge their way in. So you have to let them in. Yep. Um, so I also gave her a two. Uh, Marsha, final one on the board. She's barely in the episode, but she's now become sort of a thorn in Logan's side. He talks about how every time she opens her mouth, he can hear his price tag going up a million dollars. Yeah, those hens are clucking. Yeah, uh, so she still has power over him, but the lack of content for Marsha, I couldn't, I couldn't score her too high, but I did give her two points. I gave Marsha two points in this episode. I gave Marsha three points because I love the idea that she's taking money from Logan. Mm, yeah. Just <laughs> so that's all. <laughs> robbing them blind. Robbing yeah, them blind. Uh, of course, you can get your scores in for all of the characters. When you go to postshowrecaps.com slash rate Roy or postshowrecaps.com slash action stations. Uh, we also have a few other things that we've been tracking, including the F-offs from Logan and the dads from Kendall. Uh, the dads are outnumbered this episode. I think maybe for the first time ever it's a victory for the f-offs if this were a head-to-head competition i don't think there have ever been more f-offs from logan than there were dads from kendall no i'm not seeing it three f-offs from logan and kendall only said dad twice oh yeah it only happened one other time season two episode nine okay uh that's the only other time we've seen this happen i was surprised i mean kendall is a little bit preoccupied i guess he does refer to his father but it's more like him or he not saying dad himself uh and he we did get a single daddy out of kendall but he was talking about himself as a sugar daddy so that doesn't count doesn't doesn't count count. uh okay who died who's dead who's blank's dead in this episode you think jess uh i think uh there's a couple of options there's an argument that kendall was a ghost he ghosted uh on the disruption (laughs) he did ghost the disruption yeah he didn't go on there um, I mean, literally, I mean, he's a ghost. Uh, Greg's bank account maybe got killed. I think it's oh, a possibility. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think maybe Greg's bank account is like, in trouble. Yeah, I like Greg's bank account. That's okay. a good one. And R. it's R. true. He definitely has no more money. No more money. Uh, and of course, I think just to stay on Greg, we're agreed. Tom won the week. Uh, he did. Yeah, Tom is uh, is kicking Greg's butt here in season three. Three in a row for Tom. Mm-hmm. Um Daddy's favorite, tough one for me. Um, it's almost Tom. I think Tom impresses him quite a bit in this episode, but I think ultimately he seems like he is happiest with Shiv, I think. I think there's an argument that it's Shiv and Roman. I don't Shiv know. Shiv and Roman are the two for sure, in my opinion, because they do what he wants, right? One of them has a nice little story that isn't even about him published, and Shiv writes a really nasty thing about Kendall. Um, I guess my, I, my heart says Roman simply because he's impressed that Roman is working late with Jerry and the fact that he attends the town hall when, uh, Shiv is like, I don't want him there undermining my authority and he shows up anyway. I don't know. To me, that speaks like, okay, he doesn't, he doesn't exactly trust her. Yeah. 
Uh, I won't fight that. I think Roman works for me as well. Um, rating the episode, I gave it a 3.7. Uh, so just a scooch below the second episode of this season, just because I think that the, um, the quorum of the, of the four Roy siblings, it's such powerful stuff that I feel mm-hmm. like that's hard to clear at this point in time. I think that some of the events that happen in this episode are of critical importance. I don't know that this is an episode I think about a ton. So just on the relative scale of how I grade succession, I'm going to give it a three, seven, still a great score. I've never gone lower than three, two, five. And I've really never gone close to three, two, five since going to three, two, five, the one time that I did it. Uh, so three, seven, four, season three, Episode three is ultimately where I landed. I gave it a 3.75, uh, same as my last score. I, I almost went to four in this episode because I tend to, like, I, I don't want to quote Grace again, but I'm going to, like, the episodes that, like, give me that pit in my stomach are usually some of the best episodes. This one is missing just a, a, a teeny tiny something to push it to that four for me. But I will say I was very, very close, mostly because... The scene where Kendall, after Kendall reads the story, it has come out that Shiv has written this scathing thing about him. And he is walking down the hallway and we see his face shift from a like fake smile to kind of just like, very, it's just like so sad, right? And then he walks into the server room, he sits, he hugs his knees. It's so moving and the score is so brilliant in that moment. That's what nearly pushed me to that four. I just think that scene is so, so, so well done. Um, but it, it's just shy of a four for me. And you know me, I do, the, I do it in 0.25s. So we're at a 3.75 for me. All right, 3.75 for Jess, 3.7 for me. And we want to know what you're rating these episodes. Go to postshowrecaps.com slash rate Roy to rate every episode of Succession as well as the characters, as well as telling us what you think about other elements of the show, such as the locations, best side characters. Who is your side character of the episode, Jess? Um, I gave it to, I mean, I had to give it to Sophia Wilby. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think that's fair. She really destroys Kendall. Bootleg, uh, I also like the tweet, uh, bootleg Ross with the daddy complex. I uh-huh. thought that was great. Yeah, uh, but no, I mean, Edda, uh, cat word I won't say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jaramayo in a Prada suit. Um, it, like, it, yeah, she's uh, she's great. She's really funny. Very funny uh, indeed. Uh, so let us know what you thought of all of that. PostShowRecaps.com slash Rate Roy. You want to make sure you never miss an episode of these podcasts. Go to PostShowRecaps.com slash Succession for the RSS link when you search by URL. Or just search Post Show Recap Succession wherever you get your podcasts. You want to get them commercial free? Come join us at Patreon.com slash Recaps. At any level, you will get Succession podcasts without commercial interruption for the entirety of the final season, including this ramp up to the final season. That's patreon.com slash post show recaps. If you want to play good tweet, bad tweet with us, uh, I'm at <laughs> round Howard. Jess, where are you? Please only send me good tweets. I'm at the Jess Sterling. <laughs> yes, uh, we are coming back tomorrow. Grace rejoining the podcast for lion in the meadow, a terrific episode of, uh, of, of succession that I can't wait to get into. So, We will be back very soon with Season 3, Episode 4. Until then, everybody, kindly F off. P to the O-D, cast on the daily about succession.